Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! Time to That's in my house. And I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as I am every week by Kendra Andrews. Hi, Kendra. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm great. I'm very excited to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Before we get started, don't forget, folks, you can save 40% off your first year subscription to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com forward slash Rainbow Skyline. It's like $2.99 a month, not even a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So please go check that out. Kendra, big news. Three games down. They're two and one. Looking pretty good so far. Looking pretty good. We're recording this on the heels of their win against the San Antonio Spurs. And I mean, things, they seem to be figuring it out. They had some rough goes at the at the start, you know, in the scrimmages and then their first seeding game. But over these past two games, they're looking like they should be looking as the third seed, just a half game behind the Clippers for second. I was thinking right now would be a great time. You know, we, we got to see them in the scrimmages. We've gotten to see three games. I, th- I think it'd be a good time to sort of grade the team so far on their performance and, and you know, various other things inside the bubble. And I want to start by grading the health because this team brought back tall ball <laughs> Out of necessity. Yes. It wasn't just like Mike Malone saying, you know what would be really fun is if we started (laughs) bowl bowl as the small forward. Um, They are struggling to get healthy. You know, everyone is in the bubble. We, you know, all the team is there. Jamal Murray played a little bit, uh, has been unavailable. Gary Harris, we haven't even seen him. Team's not healthy. What would you grade this team on health? You know, and, and granted, this is stuff that's out of their control. It's nobody's fault. Of course. But, you know, yes. grade the health. It's not their fault. They've done well, you know, in spite of it. But, I, I mean, I have to give their health a D, C minus range just because it has been such a thorn in their side. Um, yeah, like... Like you mentioned, Jamal Murray, he's missed all three of their seeding games so far with a with hamstring tightness. Will Barton, he played 18 minutes in one of the scrimmages. We haven't seen him since with a knee injury. Gary Harris, where in the world is Gary? He's there, but how mm, we know nothing else besides that with a hip injury. And it's concerning because well, it's concerning for a couple of reasons, but one of the reasons why it's concerning is because Michael Malone said that, yes, some of these injuries like Jamal Murray's have occurred since they've arrived in the bubble. Um, his hamstring injury occurred when they were missing like half their players due to other health issues. Um, and he got overworked and he messed up his hamstring after not playing for four months. And other injuries, Malone said, are from the season, are from the four-month hiatus. So it's really concerning that, okay, these guys either didn't fully recover from four months ago, they messed around and did something over that four-month break, or they got overworked and are now injured. So it's it's a little 
red flag ish. Yeah, it's dicey. Yeah, I, yes. I think those guys were playing a lot of video games, you know, <laughs> instead of maybe doing the rehab. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I, we got to get, look, you got to give the health like a D. I will give the response to the poor health an A. Totally. I think going two and one when you don't have three players from your starting lineup, it has to be applauded. I, I think they've done very well. And to do that, Without overloading anyone, the the one OT game against Oklahoma City, they did. Michael Porter played 44 minutes. Jokic and Monte Morris both played 39 minutes. So you don't want to see that, especially you know during the seeding games. But again, that was necessity. They had to have those guys out there, and they get they got the win. So that's great. But you know they look fresh. Uh, you know in the game against the Spurs, I thought everyone had good energy throughout. Clearly, the performances have been really good from from a few people uh, and I think that that's important but they've got to figure this health thing out they've got to have these guys healthy by the time the playoffs roll around and preferably like next week because <laughs> yeah. these, you want to see these guys play some games so uh, is there any update on that front at all no I mean the 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 Biggest thing of an update that I can tell you is that the other day, it was before the game against OKC, which was on Monday, is that Malone was asked if this was a playoff game, could they play? And he said they wouldn't have played, even this if this was a playoff game, even if there was more on the line for the Nuggets because they are already locked into the playoffs. They already have a playoff spot. And he said, no, even if it was the playoffs – they wouldn't be playing, which to me speaks to the severity of it, where this isn't just, I mean, of course it is like precautionary, but it's more than that. It's, it's, to, it's not only to prevent something else from happening to them, but it's actually so because something is wrong with them. And, and, and so that's, that's as big of an update as we've gotten. Jamal Murray has been listed as questionable before these games and not, you know, outright out. And, it isn't until after he's gone through his pregame routine with the trainers that then they that they then rule him as out. So maybe that's a little encouraging if you're looking for some, you know, good point on this that it's not okay, he's definitely out and they kind of evaluate it each day. But there's no timetable and there's no other information that we've been given. Okay, so what do you think about the starting lineup? That they've that they've been putting out there. I mean, it's uh, Monte Morris, Jokic, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., and Paul Millsap. I mean, this is clearly not their ideal starting lineup, uh, but I've been pretty impressed. How about you? I've been very impressed. I mean, besides that first game against the Heat, they've. It looks like this could have been their starting lineup. It looks like they've, you know that first game was almost used to find their chemistry to get those kinks out. And these past two games, it looks like they've been much more comfortable, you know, on the floor together. Of course, Nicola and Paul Millsap are used to starting together, but guys like Monte, Tori and Michael, they don't usually play with Paul and Nicola, at least not at the same time because they're, you know, with this, the second unit. And so, yeah, of course it's going to take a little bit for them to find that rhythm and they've done it rather quickly, which is, really encouraging. I mean, I think when you have players like Monte Morris as your backup point guard, usually that's a pretty good starting place because he, on a different team, he could probably be their usual starter, which is great 
a great tool to have. And then you also have guys coming off the bench like Jeremy Grant, who could probably be a starter on a different team as well, which is a really good thing to have. So overall, I mean, Malone has to be really happy with how his players have been able to handle this. They've talked again and again about how they can't sit around and wait for Jamal and Will and Gary to get better. They have to move on from that because they can't just be sitting there twiddling their thumbs, losing games. They have to figure out how to move on because if they don't know when they get them back, like you said, Dave, hopefully it is before the playoffs, but we don't know. They don't know. What if it isn't until it's a couple games into the playoffs, they can't sit there for two, three playoff games. And then they find themselves down three zero. Um, so it's been, it's been encouraging considering the circumstances. If, if I'm grading these guys out individually, mm-hmm. you know, let's start with Paul Millsap because mm-hmm. he's been a little up and down uh, so far offensively. The defense is, you know, has been about what we expect, but the offense, he, he really hasn't given it to him. And I think that if, if you didn't have Porter out there to pick up that excess load, we would all be wondering, wow, what is wrong with Paul Millsap? Um, I would give him a C so far because I do value what he brings on the defensive end. But I think that, you know, for them to have success once the playoffs hit, they're going to need more than a, than a C-level Paul Millsap. I agree with you. And Paul Millsap, it's, it's kind of interesting because Paul has been so consistent for them throughout the entire regular season. I've, I have been saying that he had actually, I think, been probably their most consistent player, or at least one of their top consistent players throughout the season before the hiatus. And so to see him kind of be a little bit wishy-washy, you know, it's, it's not the Paul that we've seen so far. He had really had found his shot earlier on in the season. And, you know, maybe it's the break, maybe it's not playing competitive basketball for four months. That could obviously have an impact on anyone's game. Um, But he, he has, taken a backseat in the offense, which like you said, I think they need, they don't need him to be the primary guy, but they do need him to bring a little bit on both ends. Tory Craig. Yes or no. Is he going to stay in the starting lineup? Cause I, listen, I think for Tory Craig to stay in the starting lineup, he's got to do better at hitting these open shots. I mean, totally. Oh, for Oh, for four from three in his last two games, each game, um, I'm going to give him a D because his job is to hit those shots and he's just not doing it right now. So if they're going to wind up having to start him going forward, like into the playoffs, which as of right now, I'm assuming I'll, I'll just assume that Gary Harris is not going to be available and that Tory Craig is going to be the starter. That's a problem. It is, you know, and it, it was, I think it was a couple of games during the scrimmages. He was hitting those open shots. And so it was like, Oh, okay, great. If that's what Tory Craig is going to bring to the bubble, then then like that's awesome. And since the seeding games have started, that has all just gone out the door, and we haven't seen that since then. And and like you said, like they need that. I think he his identity as a player has always been, or at least how the Nuggets have played him as more as a defensive player, but kind of similar to to Millsap, you can't just have that, especially when it's wide open. They don't expect him to make those crazy contested shots because that's not his forte and that's not his game. However, they don't defenders don't really overly respect him from far out. So if they're not going to respect you, take advantage of that and he hasn't been able to do that. 
Yeah, he only shot 32% from three for the season, but, I mean, some of these misses are not good. Um, Monte Morris, you, you already mentioned him. I mean, he is a starting-level point guard in the NBA. I mean, I think he would be, you know, like maybe the 20th best starting point guard in the league. But still, he's a luxury to have coming off the bench. I think he's been a revelation for them, given their lack of guard depth, not only uh, performing and putting up points, but eating minutes so that you don't have to, you know, you don't need P.J. Dozier to to play for you in crunch time because uh, Monte can't handle it. Uh, I'm giving Monte Morris an A. I think he's been great. He has been, he has been absolutely great for the Nuggets. I mean, that's, I think I said this before, but that's what you want from your backup point guard, especially when your starting point guard can't play. He, he has been facilitating. He has been scoring, you know, he's, I think he's a little bit more of your typical point guard than Jamal Murray is, but that is act like really played to the Nuggets advantage. And he's just been setting guys up and, I mean, against against OKC, he was he was great. A little, you know, Chris Paul reminiscent, you know, just a little bit. But like, it's it's. I agree with you. He's been absolutely phenomenal, and he's he's making a case for himself. And he's he's really, you know, he he was the floor general in that second unit, and he's figured out how to bring it in with this starting group while also being kind of that in that staggered position with some of the bench players, which he's obviously still comfortable in. Yeah. Uh, the, the end of game against Oklahoma city, um, the, you know, one of the final offensive possessions before Chris Paul, uh, grabbed Paul Millsap's Jersey and, and got the foul call. Uh, but the, they were running a play for Michael Porter. It got blown up. Monte realized it quickly, came back out, got into the two-man game with Jokic, made a beautiful cut, got fouled going to the hoop. I, I watch stuff like that, and I just think, you know what? That's a winning player. A winning player making a winning play. Yeah, and I, and I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he is one of the top players in the league at end-of-clock plays. He is one of those guys who you do want the ball in his hands when the clock is winding down because one way or another, he figures out how to do it. And so, you know, in, that, in those close games, he's the guy that you you really want out there because he just knows how to take advantage of that. Michael Porter Jr., all right. If we throw out the first game against <laughs> yes. the Heat, where okay. none of them, none of them were very good. I mean, he had 11 points, only grabbed one rebound, as as Coach Malone will remind us probably for the rest of the season. Yes. Um, but back to back 30 point games, career high 37 points against Oklahoma City, career high 15 rebounds against the Spurs. Super efficient. I mean, his last two games, I mean, 23 for 35. And nine of fifteen from three, that's that's nuts. That's an A plus. That's an A plus. That's as like as high as you can get. You know, when in, in like grade school before you got A's, maybe this was just my school, but you got like A's, B's. Well, in like grade school, you'd get like excellent or like check plus 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 plus. Like that is what Michael Porter Jr. has been doing these past two games. It's it's insane. It's what people expect expected him to do like when there was so much hype around Michael Porter heading into the season this is what people thought he was going to be doing and of course throughout the regular season his minutes were a little up and down his performances were a bit inconsistent 
and he has completely taken advantage of the minutes that he's gotten and the starting role that he's gotten. And it's pretty much a, yeah, this is why you wanted me. And this is why there is hype surrounding me pretty much. I don't know how they're going to take him out of the starting lineup, to be honest with you. He plays so well with Millsap and Jokic. I just, I think that he just needs to be out there for them to have a greater chance of success. I mean, he, he really raises the ceiling when he's playing like this. Um, all right. And, and Nikola Jokic, I mean, it's an A like the guy is just, I don't know what else there is to say about him. Uh, you know, he's one of the 12 best players in the league. I think he's the best center in the, in basketball. Um, it, unless we're counting Anthony Davis as a center and then, you know, he'd be the second best center in the league. Um, I mean, the guy is special as a creator, and as a scorer, and we see that when he wants to just take over games, as we saw in OT against Oklahoma City, as we saw in the third quarter and the fourth against the Spurs, you know, I'd like to see him come out more aggressively. That's my one, my one bit of criticism of him. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, it's an A. The guy's too good. He, he he hasn't missed. He hasn't missed a beat. You know, I think, like you said, when he puts his mind to it, he he just takes over games. And and it's interesting because Michael Porter said that one of the reasons why he's such a great player to play with and great person to play with is because he just wants to facilitate. He wants to get other people involved. And that's what he did. I think for the majority of the first three, first three and a half quarters for the game against the Thunder and the game against the Spurs, he's facilitating, get other people involved. And then, like you said, at a certain point, he's like, okay, time to wrap it up. I'm going to hit three three pointers in a row. I'm going to score, you know, more than half of the Nuggets baskets in overtime and let's go home because I have video games to play. <laughs> like that's almost what his mindset is. It's like, <laughs> okay, I'm over trailing. Let's just win the game now. Yeah. And it's funny because, and it has to be frustrating too, but it's funny to watch him knowing that he has the ability at any moment to just take the game over. But how do you, how do you feel think uh, Mike Malone feels when he just watches him, you know, maybe pass the ball a little bit too much. I I wonder how often he just wants to say, Hey man, you're huge. Why don't you just get us a bucket? I bet he does think that. I bet he thinks that because I, I, there was, there was a pass actually, and it wasn't a Nicole pack pass. It was a Michael Porter pass in the game against OKC where Porter could have easily just shot the three pointer, but instead he passed it. And and I'm like, okay, well, Mike Malone's going to get on him for that. He should have taken the shot. And I'm sure that he does that plenty with Jokic too. It's like, dude, just take the shot, just score the points. You know, Michael Malone, he's an old school coach. He like, he's competitive. He's not always about the flash. He's here for some strong fundamental basketball. And I mean, it has to be fun for him to work with. And then also sometimes it's just put the ball through the hoop and let's take this thing home. Look, I lo- he's one of my favorite players to watch, but I will I will fully admit that there are times watching him where I just get so annoyed <laughs> that he won't just try to take the game over. And then when he does it, it's just like, "Wow, hey, look at that. This is amazing. This guy's a, this guy's fantastic." Yeah, we we were there it's almost as if he, you know, there's like this conversation of, "Oh, is there a flip you can st- 
or a switch you can flip on and off in basketball. Does that actually is, exist for players? And I think Nikola Jokic is the biggest piece of proof that it does exist because I don't know if anyone can switch the flip as well as he does of just kind of going, you know, solid, 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 and then just a huge spike in whatever he's doing. And I don't know if there's other players who can do it as well as him. All right. So now I want to talk about the team's overall performance Mm -hmm. in, in the three seeding games so far, because this is going to sound weird since we just gave three starters A's, (laughs) but I think that there should be some concerns, Mm -hmm. you know, number one, uh, the offense is scoring. I mean, this is great. You know, uh, they're at 116.6 per hundred possessions. That's good for fifth in the bubble. Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. If you can score like that, you're 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 at a record pace. That would be more, uh, over. It would be one point per hundred possession higher than the Dallas Mavericks had for the regular season, which was an NBA record. Wow. The problems come. On the defensive end, Mm -hmm. where they have a 117.8 defensive rating, which is only 0.1 off of being the worst in the league, their net rating is negative 1.2, and it's on the back of the defense. Now, they are clearly adjusting and getting used to making the rotations like a lot of people are, but... I look at other teams. I, you know, I look at the Toronto Raptors, who have a ninety-six point one defensive rating. It is not impossible to play good defense after this layoff. I mean, even if you want to just say like a human team, not the Toronto Raptors, who are superhuman on defense, like the Phoenix Suns have a one hundred nine point three defensive rating. Yes, that's bad, but it is not one seventeen point eight. So I'm going to give them a D because defense wow. matters. You start. You can't have defense without a D, and this defense has been an F. <laughs> the offense has been great, but the defense is just so bad. So I'm going to give their performance so far a D because I am disappointed. They should be disappointed with the defense. Yeah. And I think they are. I was going to go a little easier on them and give them something like a C. No, but we're I mean, hammering them. Okay. We're hammering them here. And I, you know, I'm sure that Michael Malone would completely agree with you. Let's get him on here and he'll probably go off on the defense too, because he's, he loves defense. He is a defensive minded coach and every game he'll find a way to bring up their defense. I think it was after one of their first scrimmages that they played tall ball and I asked him about the tall ball lineup. We haven't seen that. Is this a positionless game? And he goes, Okay, but our three-point defense, and that's all he wanted to (laughs) talk about. It's like, okay. And I mean, but he has a point. Teams have been scorching them, particularly on the perimeter. It is, and they do need to figure that out. And it's, it is really concerning that, that this, this isn't like it's been a problem just these last seeding games. It's been a problem from them from their very first scrimmage, which was a couple weeks ago at this point. And it's still an issue. It's gotten better, but it's still, I mean, like you just said, it's it's a point, what, point one away from being the worst. That's not a very big improvement. I wonder where they were. Now, to be fair to them, it's small, <laughs> small sample size. It is. Okay. Now, it is. now during the regular season, they're at 109.3, but that's middle of the road. And, you know, in, in my time doing this, I have come to realize, like, if you're not a top five offense, you need a better – you can't be a middle-of-the-road defense. Now, if you've got a top five offense, your defense maybe doesn't matter as much. They were seventh, 
12.2. So they, they're sub-elite, I think, uh, right behind Dallas and Houston as far as their offense goes. But they have to at least get to their regular season pre-hiatus level of playing defense to have any hope once the playoffs start. And, you know, they're only a half game, as we're recording this, a half mm-hmm. game out of the two seed. And if they get the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, the Mavericks can score with them. Mm-hmm. That That's a real concern. I know everyone wants to play the Utah Jazz because <laughs> they are awful right now. <laughs> but if you wind up catching the Mavericks, that's going to be tough. Yeah. And it's. I think it's also important to note that it's not none of their players that they're really missing besides Gary Harris, who is, you know, oh, their yeah. kind of defense guard. He was the guy who guarded the deep. They're not missing any of their stronger defensive players. They have Paul Millsap. They have Tory Craig. The only guy who's kind of is, is, is uh, Gary Harris. Jamal's not yeah. known for his defense. Will Barton, he can play solid defense, but he's definitely not known for his defense. So it's, it's, it's not, it's, you can't, they don't like excuses, but it's not like you can blame it on, well, their best defensive players are not there. Right. Right. I know exactly who they can blame it on. They can't blame it on Bull. Bull <laughs> Bull's only played 16 minutes so far in, in the seeding games. There's two guys you can pin the blame on. It's their two, it's been their two best players. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic have both been awful defensively. And everyone else has done their best, but they're not able to pick up for it. Now, with Jokic, I know what he can do defensively at the point of attack. And clearly, he's a step slow right now, like, again, getting back into game shape. You can see it when they bring him up to trap or to show hard on on a pick and roll. And he's just not able to get back, or maybe he doesn't you know, care enough yet to get back. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. Is, is not known for his defense. He's known for being able to drop 30 very easily, as, he, as we've seen. But I think when you're a young guy and especially playing for Malone, if this defense continues, he's going to see his minutes decrease because he right now, I mean, he's a turnstile. And that's why that's why he lost a lot of minutes before the break. I mean, that's Malone will say time and time again, he doesn't care about missing buckets or miss missing shots. He, I mean, he does care, but, you know, yeah. to a certain extent, if you if you blow it on defense, you're out of the game. And that's yeah, what you saw what happened with Michael Porter earlier on. Well, the Nuggets do not have an easy game left in the seating. They've no. got Portland coming up uh, tomorrow night. They've got Utah this weekend. They've got uh, the Lakers and the Clippers back-to-back next week. And then they finish it up with the Raptors. So, you know, if they want to get that two seed and if they want to hold off the four seed, whoever that may be in the moment, I think right now it's the Houston Rockets. It could be the Utah Jazz after the game. I haven't checked the uh, the tiebreakers. But if you want to hold on to the three seed or potentially get the two seed, it's not going to be easy. Portland's playing for the playoffs, and they've looked okay. And I, I just think this team is going to have to figure out how to defend, and they need to do it fast. Yeah, they do. And, it, it you know, they the, the, the game against Portland, like you mentioned, it's tomorrow. It's a back-to-back. I think that's going to be a pretty revealing challenge for this team, especially against a team who, like the Spurs, are really hungry for their playoffs and who are playing for their lives right now and who have given the Nuggets some trouble in the past. So I think it's going to be a real test to see what they can do, especially against, you know, the Blazers are retooled. They got guys back. They have... They still have guys like Dame and CJ. They haven't gone anywhere. And, and it's it's a different, with all their the guys coming back, it's a different team than they played in the before the break. So it's going to be an interesting test for them. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, either how awful their defense is going to be <laughs> or how much it improves. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, don't forget, you can save 40% off your first year subscription to The Athletic by visiting theathletic.com forward slash Rainbow Skyline. That's all one word. Uh, thank you guys for hanging in there with us, and uh, we're looking forward to the rest of these seeding games, hopefully as much as you are. Uh, for Kendra Andrews, I'm Dave DeFore, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>